Giants 20, Commanders 20, Commanders 20, Giants 20. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We always talk about brand first first for the podcast, and this is the first tie. Yeah. And, you know, people say, I don't know how to feel, and I think that's like a little, like, like, but it's it's kind of true. Like, when you say, I don't know how to feel, because there is... It's a it's a definitely a negative emotion, but when then you take the negative emotion out of it, it's like, well, this is good because of this. Like it's like when people like you can't say it's wor- it's worse than a loss because it's really not worse than a loss. <laughs> the, the, it's like I would rather lose, but I'm saying that selfishly just because like every every game that I have experienced in my life has been a win or a loss. There, like I've never whether it's playing We've all in a been game, trashing the the World Cup like exactly. they do this tie and then it's like it happens. This to just the tie should not happen in the NFL. No, the scoring is it's not again like I I somewhat understand it in soccer because scoring is so like scarce. But like that's like if this game lasts two minutes late longer, the Giants end up winning this game. Most yeah, likely. I think all of us kind of feel like shitty. Like I it think, almost it almost feels like we lost the game. But I think the question is like. How like how should we like what should we be feeling like should it be like we're still like in the playoffs or what do we you know not, what do uh, we feel is bad I think emotionally you just treat it as a loss analyze it I as agree. a loss the players are but for sure. when you look at it it's like well this is a much better situation than a loss because if this was a loss you are now out of the playoffs yeah like the, you you're you're out of the playoffs now yeah you but, know you are you are the team lo- out on the outside looking in and the next Washington games it's like you got to steal one versus the Eagles so but I mean there's just a laundry list of reasons why this does feel like a loss though because the Giants should have won this game we're, we're going to talk about all of it I literally have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten nice whole round number I have like 10 bullet points on if any of those things maybe don't happen the Giants could win the game. <laughs> like 10 points and 10 moments, which is crazy. And this was the first game where there's times where we're critical of coaching and, and, and you know, like, ah, I'd like this and this. This was the first game where I was just flat out mad at coaching and the offensive coaching and specifically. Yeah. They totally, like, it was the first time where it's like, you guys are predictable. It was like one, they're running with the ball on first down a lot. I get it. I, I, I someone understand it. That's how you've won. But guess what? It's not effective anymore. Okay. And first down runs in this game, sixteen carries for fifty eight yards, three point three and a half yards per play, which isn't all that bad. But there was four negative runs in there too that mm-hmm. put them behind the sticks. Then on first down passes, which were mostly late in the game, eleven for twelve, one hundred forty three yards. The one incompletion was the Slayton drop at the end of the game, twelve yards a play. Um, and, and it's not even just the first down. What frustrated me so much is we were getting these second and longs after the the you know the the four negative plays, and we go play action. We were running play action on third and five. You know, like there was just like teams ain't falling for play action on third down. And and on top of that, they're not falling for play action. One and two, we've put enough on film to where we know what you like to get into out of play action. You know, yep. it's not just play action that's brought. Like we know the plays that it's you like to get anymore. into. Not new. We know when this guy motions across, you need to cover this. You need to get to that spot. Yep. You know, so the the argument, like, well, they're doing some of the same things they did earlier in the season. Yeah, but now you're doing it in very predictable ways, 
and it was it was like laughable. I started tweeting about it at the end of the game. I was like, I was like, I guarantee this is going to be a play action. I guarantee you, this second and the long is going to be a play action. It would happen. Yeah, man. I'm just at this point with this Giants offense where it's like not sure what there is to say at this point. What we haven't already said, and really what what I haven't said, especially these last few weeks where I've come to the realization this offense just does not trust Daniel Jones to make plays and or. They don't trust their offensive line to hold up and or they don't trust their wide receivers to get open and make plays. I mean, those are the three things that this offense, you know, that they don't have going for them at this point. Um, And it's any of the combination of the three, whatever one you want to choose. I I personally think it's it it could be it could be all three. And it's week 13. It's not going to change this year. I've I've kind of I've dealt with that. I swallowed it. It's a painful pill to swallow, especially when you, know, you went from the summer where we have Brian Dable and the staff is emphasizing aggression and it's okay Yeah, where to, did all that go? Where it's okay to go? it's okay to make mistakes. And now we've seen more twenty twenty and twenty twenty one stat lines where Jones has an average depth of target of six yards a com- like six yards, a completion rate of like eighty percent and a whopping two hundred yards on thirty attempts. And and here's the thing is whenever they drop back pass, it worked for the most part, you know? Yeah. Like it's a much better like conceptually, it's miles ahead of what they had did the past couple of years under Judge and Garrett. Like so it's and I'm not even like being like they need to move on from Kafka. Like this was the first no, game where I was no, just no, no. pissed off. Like I do think I hate to say it, but once I think they get the guy they want, they will open things up. But it's but here's the frustrating part about that is they may not want DJ as their quarterback, but he is your quarterback this year, okay? Yeah. And the way this offense is going to succeed for the rest of the season is not going to be the way it succeeded in the start of the season, okay? It's going to be by letting him throw and stop living in fear of big, bad, scary interceptions, okay? The guy's thrown four and 11 games. Yeah. It's the frustrating thing is that Dable was saying over the summer that – like, you don't want your quarterback throwing interceptions, obviously. That's not a spot that you want to be in. But Brian Dable was sitting there over the summer saying, if we are forcing, if we're pushing the envelope and we're trying to produce explosive plays and we're producing them at a consistent rate, I'm okay with throwing those interceptions. And, Bobby, that same argument that you just said about Daniel Jones of, you know, if this Giants team is going to try and find any sort of success, especially towards the second half of the year, that they have to trust Daniel Jones because they just have no other choice. You can say the same thing about Darius Slayton. Now Darius Slayton had a huge drop in this game, and he cannot drop that ball if he does want to be dependent on but that drop is so huge and so important. It's because every time the ball goes in the air for longer than 20 yards, you almost feel like the Giants have to convert it because you don't know when the next 20-plus air yard throw is yeah. going to come. Because it's like, if they don't, if this falls incomplete, it's like, well, there goes our last opportunity for a big play, especially when Saquon Barkley is not being effective. Seriously. Like, that, every time, that, like you said, the ball goes 20-plus air yards and it's incomplete, and it's like, damn. It is damn. ultra hold your breath. It's like, oh, well, I guess we're not having a big play for another, you know, <laughs> half. Um, and it's one thing, like, trusting, like, but, like, you know, like, well, they want to trust the running game. Well, guess what? Trusting Saquon is not working right now. No, it's not. And it's a combination of, of, of a few things. Like, the offensive line has not been good. But it's like the last five games, he's averaging three point three yards per carry, and I feel like that makes it look a little more prettier than it really is. Because the majority of those yards and came against the Texans when he got the ball thirty five times. Like that is not helping them. Again, they is putting them in second and longs. Teams are not biting on the play action, and the times where like when they are keying in on Saquon, like the first downs, I you know I did it with uh, with DJ. Like DJ was you know eleven point nine yards per play on first down. The only incompletion was that. 
And and it's not about and we talk about explosive plays. It's not all about explosive plays. But guess what? A freaking checkdown on first and ten is a very successful play. Okay, on third and five, when you throw a checkdown, or when or when the only thing's open is short, and you got to sit there and hang in the pocket, and nothing gets open. Well, then, like you don't have any outlets. Like uh, allow DJ just. Again, this is not about airing the ball out and being, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. All it's doing is just stop putting yourself off schedule. Oh yeah, and I think that's what running in that in those and it's the play actions off of it on second and longs and third downs are just they're just flat out not working, you know. And then situationally, there was some stuff that was pissing me off conservative wise, like you know, the end of the half, third and one at the eleven with nineteen <laughs> seconds left and no timeouts, and you run the ball. You run the ball. Well, they don't trust the Daniel Jones, the guy who's done four interceptions in eleven games, in a very clear "do not throw an interception" moment. Like, what's the? Ha- and again, if you're just going to kick the field goal, why not just run a, a quick conversion route to Slayton, where it's like fade, uh, you know, fade or skinny, skinny post, post fade. And if it's not there, DJ just throw it out the back of the end zone. It's like just if, the, so... if, the, if Mark Lewinsky whiffs on a block, throw out the back of the end zone. It's just so weird. You don't weird. have to risk a sack. You don't have to risk an interception on that. Kafka and Dable come the places in which they come from. They deserve the benefit of the doubt. Would you Would you agree with that? I mean, I still think they're good coaches. They're, they're, I think they're I think they're very good coaches. It's it really is just a matter of like we are in week thirteen, and. It, it, we're just at a point, man, where it's clear that they don't trust the O-line, they don't trust the receivers, or they don't trust their quarterback, or all three, combination of the one, or the two, or the three. Like, it, that's just where we're at, and it's not to just repeat the same point over and over again. Um, clearly, they trust Saquon Barkley, or at least just running the ball is an easy thing to, uh, I guess, just stay on schedule. Running the ball is an easy thing where you don't make mistakes like interception, sacks, you know, you don't lose five yards, six yards consistently, you know, when you run the ball, um, you know, for negative plays like you do if you drop back the pass. So I I don't know, man. Uh, but I, I want to, I mean, just, I want to touch on Saquon. Um, you know, he just isn't an advantage right now. I mean, he, he flat out just isn't. I think he ran better at certain points today. But something that's been apparent for the last two years, and this is even during the first stretch of this season, he was being efficient, the blocking was better, he did look explosive, yes, but he just can't break tackles. Saquon Barkley cannot break tackles. Do you remember that play against Detroit from, I think, 2019, where he gets like a check down? And yeah. you know that clip of you know people share it all the time. People still share. Stiff arm to the ground. Stiff arm spins, run, spins, runs somebody over. Those were three guys in one play. Just can't break tackles anymore. And you know so here so here's the you know uh, broken tackles per attempts by year. Saquon Barkley in 2018 broke a tackle every 8.7 attempts. 13.6 in 2019 shoots all the way up to 40 and a half in 2021. You think this year would be a little bit better since 2021 was a bad year? 32 broken ta- uh, excuse me, a broken tackle every 32 attempts this year. He has a total of 7 broken tackles this year according to Pro Football Reference. So, I mean, you know, we're talking about Saquon Barkley not being explosive, we're talking about Saquon Barkley, you know, maybe suffering some sort of injury. I mean, if if there's one thing that you can do as a running back that can separate yourself and it can separate from offensive line production it could separate itself from scheme it's that when you have an opportunity in the open field you can break a tackle or if you're in a pile you can drive your legs get yards after contact and Saquon Barkley just is not doing that 
especially towards like the second half, the latter part of this year right now. He's not an advantage. They're just flat out. Yeah, and it's and he's just honestly, it's the last five games of the season. He's just been a high volume back, like that, like that. That's it, you know. And if he get like averaging three point three three five yards per carry, and again, there's a lot of stuff on the run, the offensive line, but that's kind of that's oh in the beginning of the season running through dudes. So maybe it's a combination of injury, but that's always when you've seen the like the worst of Saquon. Yeah. His yards after contact, like issues. I I just checked his Pro Football Reference page. Uh, his yards after contact, I remember looking at this earlier in the year saying, wow, you know, the 2018-2019 the Saquon Barkley is back in regards to his yards after contact, uh, you know, where he's able to get hit, he's able to turn his legs, he's able to get the tough yards. We talked all about that. I mean, he was getting the tough yards this year when he didn't consistently do that in 2018-2019. And there was a point this year where we were talking about this is the best version of Saquon Barkley we have ever seen. Now his yards after contact on the season is down to two yards. Two yards yards after contact per attempt, where in 2018, 2019, it was almost a whole yard greater at 2.8. So clearly something's off, man. Uh, you know, we saw Evan Neal come back. We saw Daniel Bellinger come back. And the running game, at least with Saquon Barkley back there, was pretty solid with Daniel Jones. Uh, but at least with Saquon Barkley back there, just still not, not, where, we, not where we need to be. Let's talk about DJ in this game. 25 of 31, 200 yards. 12 carries for 71 yards, and those yards came on scrambles. Um, I thought, again, when you when you were watching, when I was watching with the offense, I was like, okay, he's doing he's doing what's there in the progressions. Um, you know, completing the big play to Darius Slayton, and again, like, what was the completion percentage? Over 80%. It was, it was 80%. Like, his, this- his CPOE, but I like mentioning, I'm, I'm getting really nerdy for the people that don't like me talking about stats all the time. I'm sorry. But Daniel Jones' CPOE, completion percentage over expected, which is basically measuring accuracy, it was like plus 14, which is really crazy good. Yeah, I think the coaching staff let down just the offense as a whole, but obviously didn't, that's going to affect the quarterback the most. And I thought he was making the most out of what he could with the offense today. Yep. And that includes even so like on second and third down, like his yards per play when you include sacks was like less than three. But a lot, like I said, it was play action and then it's the boot and it's like, well, everything's covered up. Like, they, they know yep. that that play action is coming. Um, and then, like, the big plays of the game were, de- like, they'd be second and long. They would run these play actions, and the only times they were successful was DJ scrambling. Like, right. and, you know, he had over 70 rushing yards, and this was not just a, hey, the, the cat had some read options. Yeah. Which I don't want to. Broke free. Like, he, he, he was, like, he made guys miss in the pocket and made plays with his feet, you know. So, like, I thought he was, like, overcoming the scheme and, and and the times where he did play well, you know, do you have the big drop to Darius Slayton at the end of the game, which um, the TV angle's not great of it, so I don't know if Slayton He could've... got two hands on it. Well, so here's the thing. I wanted to see, like, could Slayton have ran through it more and made it look like a cleaner catch? But then when you look at it anyways, it's like he got a clean two hands on that. He got two hands on you it. You could say, oh, uh, like the the Saqu- like the like versus the Cowboys, the Saquon fourth and one. People are like, well, he got hands on I'm like, sorry, that's that's way more on Daniel Jones than Saquon Barker. I like Saquon. This was one of those like, hey, yeah, it may have not been the perfect pass, but guess what? It was 50 yards downfield, and it got in both his hands. You got to make that freaking Yeah, Darius play. Slayton is also a wide receiver, which yes. those guys are expected to – and again, catch football. This doesn't like sour me on Darius Slayton for the season. Like he had six catches for ninety yards, but that—that's a play that Darius Slayton has yeah, to you, catch. You got to have it, you know, especially when you know you got you got a guy like me sitting here saying, "Hey, 
You know, Darius Slayton is wide receiver one for this season. You kind of have to embrace Darius Slayton as wide receiver one for this season, and in an opportunity where that's one of ten. Uh, it's basically one of ten moments where I have. If that happens, then the Giants win the game. Um, you know, so here, here, you want to go through some other well, ones? I have just like nine. Darius Slay- <laughs> like Darius Slayton is having the best season of his career he is. because he's playing in this scheme, and, and he like- hasn't been dropping the ball, and he hasn't been giving. He hasn't been given like a shit ton of opportunities either. Like he's made the most of his opportunities. It just sucks that you know when one of the biggest games of the year, he got to catch the ball. Yeah. Got to catch the ball, man. So, I wish there was more analysis to that, but you got to catch the ball. No, and that and that changes the game right there. Yeah. That was again that was another first down passing play. It was weird. It's weird how teams aren't keyed on in on what you can do on first down when you drop back. You can either check it down yeah. for nine yards, the fifty-five yard, or you can bomb it to Darius Slayton a couple of times. The fifty-five yard completion was on a first and ten as well. Yeah. At that point, the Giants had one passing yard in the game, and then the fifty-five yard play to Slayton. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Anyways, um, do you want to do you want to go through some of the other moments that I have kind of written down as the game could be drastically different if any of these things don't happen? Let's go through the offensive ones and then we'll kick okay. off the defensive segment with those. Okay, so I have the John Feliciano taunting penalty. Um, that was I, a, that was a first and ten pass play that Darius Slayton had a first down. You're talking about they're on the other side of the fifty yard line. I think the game was twenty to thirteen at that point. The game was twenty to thirteen for how long? Uh, they took they took the twenty to thirteen lead with eleven and a half minutes left in the third quarter. So from that point to basically almost the end of the game, it was twenty to thirteen, and you almost feel like if the Giants score a touchdown and they make it twenty seven to thirteen, the game is done. Oh yeah, it, it, no doubt. So like we we were, even a field goal would have ended the game multiple times. Yeah, yeah, it's two scores. Uh, so. Where do you? F- so I I watched a little bit of the replay. It does look like he's kind of flexing at Slayton. You uh, you got to be smarter than that. But I'm also like, as much as I don't want Feliciano playing anymore, I also am like, like the guy's just kind of hyping us up, and the ha- the taunting yeah. kind of sucks. Like, why would Feliciano randomly just like run over to a cornerback and flex on him on a on a 15 yard curl route? Yeah, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth because I didn't like him heading into the season because he talked a big game and then he said after in like I in a way. This is all semantics. I would rather. I don't him, like Feliciano either. But I would rather him just take accountability, be like, "Yeah, can't do that." But instead, after the game, he's like, "No, I, I, this is what I did." Blah blah blah. The NFL, uh, he, the comment of, "I felt like we were playing two teams out there." Yeah, I don't like that. The him explaining, I don't have a problem with that, but I don't like him being like blaming it like yeah. we're playing two teams right. on the refs. Right. So that's one. But the uh, refs gave the Giants some favorable calls in this game too. We talked about the Slayton drop. Um, uh, Richie James and Saquon Barkley running into each other on the third down. I don't know who to put that. I, I guess that I guess that blame goes on Daniel Jones, um, or what? Yeah, he I don't, he I took don't accountability know. for it. But that, yeah. So yeah, that's the hard thing is Daniel Jones will take accountability for, uh, accountability <laughs> for everything. Yeah. Um, but that's just so freaking frustrating. And here, so we can talk about going in that, dude. The ball's a steal. Go for it on two versus the Titans, dude. I have the. Cold. It is third and three at the Washington forty-five. With less than two minutes left, and you punt in overtime. You punt. Sorry, I don't agree with that. I'm going to read the quote. That was I boo. I think I booed twice in the game, and that was one of the boos I had. Yeah, uh, back to the fourth and three. You made that statement in the first game when you went for two. You were aggressive. Why not today? Well, it's. I think it's later in the season. Yes, yeah, like you, there's you more. feel the stress more of the game. Uh, but why? Playing for a tie. He's playing. He was literally playing for a tie. He was. It was very clear. I'd rather tie, 
and lose. I'm afraid to lose. Dude, that's that's such a shame, man, because, you know, he not only talked about it over the summer about being aggressive, we're going to be aggressive here, we're going to be aggressive here. That's literally what he said. All spring, all summer, that's what we heard. And we get excited about it. And we believed him because, you know, that's that's where he comes from. And I this is not to say that Brian Dable is now this super ultra-conservative head coach. I just, I, I, again, This I think game he, suck coaching-wise offensively. I just game. think he has a team that he doesn't trust, which I think is bullshit because you play to win the game. And literally, the Giants just didn't lose this game. They literally tied. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, they they played to literally not win the game. Um, it sucks because we started out the year by having this ultra, super aggressive move. I would think in the first week, wouldn't you be more aggressive now when it means more? The playoffs are on the line. I would be more aggressive now compared to the first week of the season and have to deal with the scrutiny that comes from lo- maybe losing that way in week one. Now, nah, week one, you're just... Just fuck it, week one. I think there's there's just so much more stress with what's going on with this team right now compared yeah. to week one. Um, Divisional opponent, you're home. Don't get me wrong. I I I think they should have went for it there. Yeah, three yards too. I mean, we we even talked about it with the decision. You were going back and forth on the decision to go for it on fourth down against Dallas last week, and I think that was a fourth and two, fourth and one, fourth and one. So again, it's it's that's thirty six inches. This is thirty six times three. Um, not a lot of inches to go. You got to trust your offense to. In that kind of spot by midfield, you got to trust them to get it and go down and win the game for you. So um, that that sucks. So we already talked about the lack of aggression on offense. Um, Jones's Daniel Jones's first quarter fumble. Jonathan Allen forced it. I didn't get to see it either. By the way, it takes thirty. It takes like over thirty minutes to get in the MetLife Stadium. Yeah, it's that's so why I'm, I was. I'm, I'm hustling. getting into the I hate MetLife <laughs> Stadium with you because it's like not every no other stadium. It's you get out very quickly. But getting in, it takes forever to get into that stadium. Like, I, I thought, I, I was like, all right, I'm leaving 30 it's minutes It's mainly early. the escalators. It's the escalators that will do it. No, it's the it's the crowd at the front yeah, getting through the security. Too. Yeah. That's- also, you know, people have the tickets on their LTE, and you cannot get service. It's impossible. You have to add it to your Apple wallet. So, yeah, Jones' first quarter fumble, Jonathan Allen just forced it. Can't have it? Like, what, yeah. what's, what's the analysis there? Three points on the board for them. Timeout mismanagement is one of the points that I have. What do you think about that? Um, there, I'm trying to think. When were you thinking first half or second half? Ah, uh, I originally first thought, half. I thought when they were doing that two minute driver, they just kept on. So I'm not going to play the results. I still hate. I hated the way they played that two minute drive at the end of the first half because yeah. they just kept running the ball and they just happened to run it successfully compared. to like most of Saquon Barkley's rushing yards came from that two minute drive. <laughs> like, look, 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 like seriously, look. And on that drive, nine yards, four uh no, that's DJ. Six yards, that's fifteen, twenty, uh, another five yards, twenty, twenty one yards, forty one, negative four, thirty seven. Um Yeah, so thirty seven out of how many yards did Saquon? I think he had like sixty three. Yeah. So thirty seven to sixty three came on that drive. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Where they're not, you know, so and again, but they just kept on handing, and whatever. Maybe I should. I mean, play it, the, I, mean maybe it, I should it, play the results, but I mean, well, no, I mean, it, that was the best two-minute series of events that they had all year, and I'm a, I'm a fan of like if there's a favorable run front, and if teams are solely playing the pass, which I don't know why. Like if you're Washington there, why are you expecting the Giants to throw the ball? They literally haven't thrown the ball on a consistent basis on a two-minute drill once this year. They haven't done it once. So I don't know why they're kind of playing the pass and they're being so passive in the run. 
Um, if it works, it works. But Brian Dable, just for having how many coaches that he has in the booth and how many like quality control coaches there are, I can like what is the reasoning and what are like the numbers? What is the uh, explanation for why? He holds timeouts so long in two-minute situations. Like, he does not – he'll have three timeouts left. He doesn't start calling any of them until 30 seconds left. Yeah, I don't get that either. That that was a preseason thing, too. I said something in the preseason about that, and everybody's like, oh, Justin, blah, 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 just a preseason. Da, da, da. This has been an, an issue. It's been a constant theme all season long. And you're when you're winning, you don't say anything about it, but when you're tying or losing, that's when you say something about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, anything else offensively you had on there? Nope. We talked about running on early downs, play action when it doesn't make sense, and not going for it on fourth down in overtime. So we talked about everything offensively. I think that was like seven seven points. Seven of the ten points that I had about how this game could be drastically different. Why don't you read an ad, and then we will talk about the defense. Well, then we'll talk about the defense. This episode is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. I love... My Ridge Wallet, because it holds up to 12 cards, plus it's got room for cash. I recently just went on a trip to Alabama. I like carrying a little bit of cash with me. I don't want to, you know, drive up these credit cards, especially when it's closer to the holidays. So I got room for my credit cards, but I also got room for my cash and everything I need thanks to my Ridge Wallet. Plus, it's small, fits comfortably in my pocket when I'm traveling on my planes and everything like that. They got over 30 colors and styles, including carbon fire, fiber and burnt titanium. And guess what? They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And the durable material means each wallet comes with a lifetime warranty. The Rich, the rich team is so confident that you'll like it, they'll let you test drive it for 45 days. You can send it back for a full refund. If you don't love it, I want you to... Get the best offer with Ridge.com slash John Boy. And right now, you could save up to 40% through December 22nd. That's Ridge.com slash John Boy to save up to 40%. Thank you to Ridge Wallet. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Somebody in the chat, Glock Roach, asked about a timeout in the in overtimes. So I don't want to miss that. Well, so we were talking about this before we hopped on. It originally looked like when Washington had the ball very late in overtime with about an, a minute and a half left. Um, this is when Taylor Heineke fumbles the ball out of bounds. It originally looked like the clock stopped and then the clock started going. And I'm like, well, why, why is the clock running when Taylor Heineke literally ran out of bounds and also fumbled? He fumbled the ball out of bounds. Why is Brian that Robinson? Uh, Brian Robinson, excuse me. Why is that a running clock situation? Like, do I not know the rules of the NFL? Why is a fun because there was a running clock, and that's why Dable called the timeout after that. It was a third, so that was a second down. Brian Robinson runs out of bounds. It's a third down. Because if they wanted to fumble to stop, like if you were wanting to stop, if the Commanders wanted to stop the clock, you can't just throw the ball out of bounds. That's frustrating. So it originally looked like the clock was running, and then Dable calls a timeout when there's 10 seconds left on the play clock, which I'm like, why is he calling a timeout with 10 seconds left? Because that wouldn't make sense. Why not just have the commanders run a play? But then you told me that they added more time on. Because I remember yelling, like, why aren't you calling a timeout? 
And then I remember the referee at, put on one twenty-five on the clock, and it was at like one oh five. So they. Okay. Had, they well, I'm talking. I was wondering about the play clock though, because that that where there was ten seconds left until Washington had to snap the ball. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, but I think he may have like tried to call a timeout before. I don't know, but all I know is they added twenty seconds to the game yeah. clock, so right. something happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Dable said at the end of the game that they were projecting that they would get the ball back with thirty seconds left, and they, I think they did. So they just needed a, they just needed a few yeah, more they, plays. Yeah, they did everything they could with the time time there. Uh, defensively, it was interesting. They actually played out out of a decent amount of two high coverages in this game, which the especially Giants, towards the second half, which, which Wink Martin does just doesn't do very often. Um, they allowed twenty points in seventy minutes of play. Like, I, I'm not too mad, that, especially with some of the personnel they had out. Darnay was out, so they had to put Zion Gilbert in the slot. Uh, Dude, you know. these wide receivers for Washington. It's a good receiving core. Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, who everybody loved this year in the draft, and Terry McLaurin's a top 10 receiver in the league. Yeah, McLaurin is, is very good. Um, you know, he's, he's since he came into the league, he's still – I mean, we know – we're Giants fans. We know how good – you know, people say Terry McLaurin's underrated. As Giants fans, you know that he – you know how good he is. He put up eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. The the touch. What the the frustrating part is that the two touchdowns were both missed tackles. Yep. Like Fabian Moreau on on Terry McLaurin, and then Zion Gilbert missed a tackle on Jahan Dotson, and then Nick McLeod whiffed off of that. Um, and you could say they maybe would have scored anyway, but the Giants have had a pretty good red zone defense this year. Where if they make those tackles, you know maybe Washington stalls on another three plays yeah. and they're. They're forced to kick a field goal. So, yeah, that's 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 frustrating. They allowed uh, – you know, they scored 10 points on their first two drives and then nine out of the next 11 drives were stops. Um, they but, ran a shit ton of plays too. Yeah, they – and so, again, Wink was surprisingly kind of invited them to run with out of these, some of these two high uh, looks. Yeah. Um, and, and they did fairly good, but in the passing game, you, you were talking about it on the way over to the office. You're like – one of the main things sucks about us not winning is like this pass rush was fun in this game, and it absolutely was. There's two major things that I think we're talking about if we win this game. Number one, I think we're saying how like this is I don't want to call it maybe a Wink Martindale masterclass, but this was a very well called game by Wink Martindale, especially again when you consider think of how talented those wide receivers are. And then think of Zion Gilbert, Fabian Moreau, and Nick McLeod. Nick McLeod, who was, you know, post 53 man cut down day acquisition. So I definitely. Literally, none of these guys were on the active roster on 53 man cut down day. Yeah. Zion, Zion Gilbert is a UDFA, UDFA who was cut to the practice squad. Fabian Moreau was a claim. Nick McLeod was a claim. And then the second thing that. Fabian we would, Moreau wasn't in a claim. He was signed to the practice squad originally. Yeah. And then the second thing that we would be talking about is holy shit, this Giants pass rush is wicked cool. Wicked cool. For the first time really this year, I even think the you know the game that Aziz maybe was active for, I think Leonard Williams was maybe missing some games. Yeah. So you had Aziz, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Leonard Williams. Three out of those four players got a sack this game. Yeah, and Leonard Williams like basically funneled a sack into Justin Ellis, who got yeah. his first full sack in eight seasons. Congratulations. NFL. That was as soon as he got the sack, and I was like, "Let me go." I, man, how many? I know he had like. I did one the same thing. Pro sack. Football Reference. I, I. Did you tweet it? Yeah, I was I like, that was his first. Like uh, he first full he had, sack. He had of a his half career. sack coming into this game. He had a half a sack coming in eight years. Twenty eighteen with like the. I don't care how much of a, a, you know, run stuffing nose tackle you are. 
the fact that this man went eight years without getting a full sack <laughs> that's, is honestly impressive. It's difficult to do. <laughs> it really is. Like it's it's uh, you know Danny Shelton would have three sacks. Danny Shelton was actually a little better in his prime. Um, but Justin, and it's funny that Justin Ellis, he won his you know he won his rep. He did a good job. He 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 won the play, but he kind of that sack was set up by Leonard Williams. Like, Leonard Williams did a, did a really solid job of kind of getting back there. Heineke moves around. You would think that would have happened one other time in his eight-year NFL career. Yeah, yeah, didn't. that's that's the, that's the thing. We're not sitting here being like, why isn't the guy better pass rusher? It's like, how, is not, how have you not stumbled into yeah. a couple in your career? But uh, Aziz but, makes his season debut. Aziz, well, not, well, second season debut. Excuse, excuse me. And it's, it why, like it's it. why Aziz is such a difference maker for this Giants defense, even coming back and even not being on the hot, full snap count. It's like it all it takes is one play. And again, this man's played what three games this year? Doesn't, strip sack doesn't two feel of them. like it. A strip sack in two of them. Yeah. You know, a strip sack versus the Bears. A strip sack in this and it's, it was a beautiful it was against a tight end. But I always say, I do not discount pass rushers winning versus tight ends. Because guess what? I, if you're facing a tight end, I need you to dominate. Aziz dominates, strip sack. That leads to seven points for the Giants offense. Um he makes that difference. He gets around the corner. Kayvon, you know, had a had a solid game. He had wish he would have poked that ball out at the end. I I don't know how t- Taylor Heineke held on to that at the end of overtime. Like I thought for sure, like we, I can't believe it. We just are going to pick up a fumble and score a touchdown here and win the game. Yeah, I I felt like kind of take a book take a page out of a OC Umanura's book where OC would not only like deliver that hit, but he would find a way to poke his hand in there and get that get that ball out of there. It's not just hitting the quarterback. I think there's an art to kind of poking the ball. Uh, Kayvon did it against Baltimore, and then Aziz, man, and that forced fumble that he had, I did like a keyframe zoom in on that forced fumble that Aziz has. I still can't fully understand like how he got, like it, it looked like it was the left hand that was going to force the fumble, but I think it was his right hand that like came around and somehow tipped that ball up, and he also recovered it too, which is which is always crazy impressive when guys are able to force the fumble and then recover it. That's something that OC did quite often, so it was really cool to see Aziz out there looked fast, looked physical, looked really really good, looked like you know what we were hoping his second year breakout would be. Except it's a uh, yeah, 13. he's been injured, and but every time he's played, he's looked really good, and that's the frustrating thing is. So, and I always say, guys like Aziz, there's many players in the NFL who will have a rookie year like Aziz Ojolari, and they'll be like, all right, well, second year, this guy's going to get way better, right? And then they just get a little better. Aziz yep. looked like he has taken a step forward um, in his game, at least as a pass rusher. There still is some issues yep. setting the edge in the run game. Um, and it helps when you have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams up, up the middle, too. Yeah. Like, it really helps. So. Um, and then, you know, he was able to come in and, and – Essentially, put seven points on the board for, or help put seven points on the board for the Giants. Um, but Kayvon had, you know, two QB hits in this game. He has ten QB hits on the season now in ten games. Yeah, and so you, I mean, you got all the numbers up right there. Yeah, uh, Dexter Lawrence had a sack and two QB hits. He has now six sacks on the season, twenty QB hits on the season, which that is, that's really really good. Aziz, uh, we you know we mentioned him. He had a sack, forced fumble, two QB hits, fumble recovery. Jihad Ward had a sack and two QB hits. I um, think he also had a forced fumble. Giants didn't recover it. Justin Ellis had a sack, and Leonard Williams had uh, a QB hit as well. I think Kayvon Thibodeau also, they they uh, they gave him a tackle for loss, and I think that's his first tackle for loss in his career. Congratulations, Kayvon. Congratulations. And it's a shame that we didn't, again, if we won this game, we're talking about, man, this pass rush has arrived. But we tied, and we're not, that's not the main storyline from this game. Yeah. Um, 
what do you think about Heineke? Because he did like there was times where they got to him, but he made some key plays at the end of that. I mean that fourth that fourth and four, you get the pressure. He scrambles to the left. He throws a, across his body across his and body. finds Curtis Samuel, and that was that was a stadium deflator right there. Like that was for a guy again. That's what that's what we talked about coming into on the preview pod. Like where Heineke is so much better than Wentz is taking those pressures and not letting them turn the sacks. He just he just makes plays in the pocket, and that was one, man. Um, He's a it, gamer. And his, his arm delivered on that, and it led to, again, like they, they lose that game if it's not – like if they lose – if they don't – if he doesn't make that play, the the game the game is over, Giants win, we get a, a game and a half ahead of them in the wild card. Yeah, I didn't think Heineke had – a great game. I mean, I thought there were some interceptions that he maybe could have thrown too. If we have some CBs that can maybe yeah. finish some plays, close on some footballs, yada, yada, yada. We know the deficiencies that we were facing in this game there. But in the moments in which Heineke had to make plays, he made those plays. He's a gamer. I mean, that's simply – it's why I, I like him. He's one of those quarterbacks in the NFL where it's like you watch him, and you're, like, you're, not, you're not very good. But found a way to at least didn't win the game, but – he didn't lose it. It does feel like they won. Like I keep on wanting to say that they won too. Yeah. Um, Got to catch yourself. What do you think about Rodarius not getting any run? Strange, because Fabian Moreau got cooked. Fabian Moreau got cooked. Yeah, but I also expect Rodarius to get. So I, I'm not expecting Fabian Moreau to get benched, but and Nick McLeod made some good plays. Um, I don't know if he put him in the slot, though. It was just but, strange. But I think Rodarius should have gotten some more run than he did. It was That's just strange to see how well Rodarius played against C.D. Lamb, and then one week later, you're just not out there. Yeah. At all. Not even, like, in a rotation. And, like, he is a fit schematically. Like, they drafted him as a press man Connor, as Dave Gellman would say, mm. to because the Giants were trying to get more to some more press man uh, in 2021, and then they realized their pass rush was not good enough to do And even that. last year, they remember when Darnay Holmes was being put through the ringer? Yeah, they put, and that's the thing is, Rodarius played a little bit in the slot last year. Before so, he got hurt, yeah. Like, listen, I love my I love the cats out of FAU and Zion Gilbert, but like I think Rodarius could play that slot position a little better than Zion Gilbert. Yeah, they were all they were all getting cooked at, at certain points at certain points this game. So I mean, who would have thought when we did our UDFA episode that. Zion Gilbert would be starting like a winner gets a playoff spot game. He's long. Yeah, long corner out of FAU. But this goes back to, uh, I think, one of my few defensive points. We already talked about Taylor Heineke holding onto the ball during the Kayvon sack. Um, So that's a game changer where if he fumbles that ball, the Giants recover it. They they win the game, right? Um, But missing a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney. I don't care if you're getting tired of it. Um, I'm going to talk about it every week that it plays an impact in the game. Played an impact against Dallas. Oh, they Dallas. win this game. It, it, yeah. I, I don't think we beat Dallas with Adore. The game's um, different, though. Def- the game's definitely. different. This is a game where they absolutely win this game if yeah. if if Adore Jackson's playing. Yeah, and if, you know, if, Xavier, if Xavier McKinney doesn't go on a sightseeing tour, then Jason Pinnock isn't having, you know, uh, full field responsibilities or half field responsibilities, and... Maybe he makes a player two on a football, or maybe you know Taylor Heineke doesn't even target his side of the field anyway. Yeah, having those two cats out is is huge, and it's and again, if those guys got injured, it's one thing. It's so frustrating that one got injured, 
effing around on a four-wheeler and another guy got injured returning punts. So, like you said, it should be said over and over again. Instead, I am looking up my Zion Gilbert scouting report. Um, How long are his arms? 6'1", 182. Don't know. He didn't go to the combine, so I don't have oh, the official tough. arm Come line. on. Super senior with, with press and off experience and some safety reps. Straight line speed is good. Shouldn't get ran past. Change of direction is bad. Struggles to burst out of backpedal. Gets bullied in run game and might struggle with physical wide receivers. Looks comfortable in press with length but won't jam you up. Good route combo ID and zone. Doesn't get baited. And that's Zion Gilbert. That's, that's a- Zion anything Gilbert. Anything else on the defense before we talk about the tailgate and play? Um, Tay Crowder tweeted that he wants to be freed. So I, I actually think Crowder should probably play over Jalen Smith as the mic and then you leave Mike McFadden in. Um, but also... I don't think Tay Crowder is Tay Crowder is not good enough to tweet free me. No, not even good. Enough. He's just bad. So like, you the only reason he should be playing on this team is because the linebacker group sucks so bad. Yeah. Um. So I wish he wouldn't have tweeted that. It is weird because I just... genuinely I I generally like Tay Crowder, uh, you know, coming as Mister Irrelevant. Um. So it is weird that they just totally benched him though. Totally. For Jalen Smith. It'd be one thing if they totally benched him for McFadden. They essentially totally benched him for Jalen Smith. Um, playoff implications. The Seahawks won. So they are 7-5. Okay. The the Commanders. So are we, we're still up on Seattle. Yeah, we are still the second wildcard team after the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Um, so we are a half a game up on, on them. We are a half a... I'm confused. The tie confuses me. The tie confuses. Well, Washington because Washington hasn't had their bye week yet, so they have another loss in the loss column. So, so they the were Giants, already a half game back. So technically, they're still a half. They're game still a half back. game back because they they have one more loss in the loss column. So the winning percentage for the Giants is better than Washington. So the Seahawks are still a half game back, but it's a different type of half game back because it's not a tie. It's just we've played the same amount of yeah. games as you. And the Giants play the Eagles next week, who just blew out the Titans. Yeah, so they'll be tied with the if they lose to the uh the Eagles, they'll be tied with the Commanders um and then they play the next week and that's basically I mean, I feel like that doesn't necessarily decide the playoff spot, but it, it damn near kind of does. Damn near will feel like it. Today was a non-mathematical must win and I guess the Giants didn't lose, but they didn't win. I feel a little gross saying it, but I still haven't lost in Giants games <laughs> I've attended. You're not wrong. I'm undefeated. You're not wrong. Um, which is, someone tweeted me that right after the game. Isn't that strange? Maybe that's maybe that's I, a sign. I, someone like, tweeted me that after the game, and I literally, like, in real life, did the Larry David gif. Like, <laughs> like it is true. Isn't that isn't that strange that something so fucked up as, like, a tie? Especially in the ways where, literally, I listed ten things that if they went differently, the Giants could have won the game. All and, these things had to happen in order for you to keep your quote-unquote winning streak alive. Or my non-losing streak. Or your, no, your non-losing streak. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, the tailgate. Will, will, so this that's an episode I want to talk about the tailgate, though. Yeah. Where are we at with time right now? We're, at, uh, we're about like 43 minutes. Okay, so we got a few minutes. Dude, a lot of people showed up. It was very fun. One, people, man. Thank you to Candlewick Diner, Manny. Yes. They came out. Um I was worried because so many people came out like there wouldn't be food and I kept on checking and telling people to go get some food it's going to run out and there was still food left so 
Um, but we barely had to throw anything out, which is fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome. So Manny, uh, Manny and those guys. Yeah, Manny and family. Um, you make know. sure they go take out. Make, make sure on a game day, go mention Talking Giants, get a free dessert for them. Uh, so, but just everyone showed up. We should have got a head count at some point, but you said it, it seemed like there was over a hundred people. Yeah, I, I really now people were coming and going. Uh, for sure. You know, they got their own tailgates. You know, they got their own friends, family that are there. So, um, first of all, thank you to everybody who did show up. Um, you know, thank, for, thank you to everybody who, you know, grabbed a bite to eat, you know, gr- took a picture, you know, just said, hey, I like you guys. I listen to you guys all the time. You know, it, it, it's awesome. I mean, it, it's super awesome, the the community that we've been able to to build. Thank you to everybody who also was in my, uh, my Giants uh, pro football reference guests video as well um i'm excited for that to come out now i'm not sure when it's going to come out it's probably going to come out in a couple weeks um i want to thank snacks um because this this tailgate that l16 tailgate that's not my tailgate um that's snacks it tailgate. is now i'm the captain now <laughs> yeah bobby's the captain um that's snacks tailgate that's uh, his brother Anthony. Anthony is a dory um you know the snacks says it's his family now i don't think any of them are blood related necessarily but they are family and you know there's like a whole there's a whole crew of uh you know l16 people even before kind of talking giants got there so it's snacks Anthony, that entire crew um so thank you so much to them why do you call him Anthony? because snacks calls him Anthony. okay hey, I, was like, I was like do you, do you not know the name's anthony so. no i no i i now i'm now adopting that because okay. snacks says hey Ant, Anthony. um no but they're I, I i love them with all my heart so so thank you so much to them yeah, good to every time. It, it's it's every it, it's always fun to have everyone come out yep. there and meet. Like those tailgates are a great time. And there's Danny such Behan. a good there's such a good time that you forget. Like oh crap, we got to go in and, and watch a game and analyze a game. And yeah, and, and in a way, also thank you to Danny Behan, who you know I I can literally text him to bring whatever, do whatever, and he'll be like yeah, like he'll he'll I'll be like jump and he'll say how high so i i thank you to danny behan and and more people as always especially you know our our core patreon members a lot of our core patreon members were there too so that was awesome but yeah. um except for tim coffee who is a certified bad person i hope chris mickle feels better yeah, i was chris, gonna chris mickle was sick so i feel better feel bad for chris mickle no but uh, today was i usually when we have those events like fan fest um you know our we had our you know our tailgate last year uh, against the eagles Usually when we have those tailgates, I usually go crazy. I'm like doing this, I'm doing that, I'm here, there, and everywhere. I was here, there, and everywhere, especially because I filmed like maybe 14, 15 different people of that Giants uh, ref guest. But that was so freaking cool, so freaking fun. Everything kind of went perfect. Um, there was uh, enough food. It, it, like that was so awesome. Any, I couldn't even like go from one spot to the next because it was just – Hey, 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 hey. So um, thank you, everybody, that came out. Um, we want to do more of that. We, we, we want to do more of those, especially heading in the next year. So if you want to be part of the L16 crew, um, there's some shirts. And then also we would love for you to show up and love to be part of it. Yeah, next year we're going to try and do it a little more official. Yeah, um, for we'll sure. We'll still do like some free, a couple free ones, but I think we're going to do a way to get – just where we can get food for people yeah. and, and just have it more as a, a week-in, a week yeah. week-out community. And also where you don't have to pay. You could just come and hang out. But yeah. Just have food for people that, that want to feed their families. No, it's just awesome that, like, what we've created, too. I, I never thought that it would kind of turn into this. Yeah, I never, I never like, envisioned. My, my brother and uh, his fiance came, and their new joke is, Are you Bobby Skinner? Because <laughs> I was like, all right, that's getting a little annoying. Um, but, no, that, that 
from them, not from the, the our listeners. So that was cool. All right, so that's an episode. We'll be back. I'll be back home in Florida where it's warm, uh, and we'll have a mailbag pod out Wednesday. Then a preview of the Eagles game. Not, that's a that's a preview <laughs> pod where it's like, here's the path to victory. I don't know if we're going to get to that path, but here's the path to victory. A.J. Brown against uh, Fabian Morrell. James Bradbury revenge game. Yeah. Um, Do we have any revenge games on our side? Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson. That's one I know off rip. Huge. Um, Huge. I think so, that might be it. So we appreciate you. Go- oh, I want to give a special shout-out to Dan and Staten Island. We're thinking of you, man. Hope you're doing well. Yes. Uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you on, on Wednesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>